For our scripture reading, we turn to Jeremiah chapter 37. We take note in this chapter about how God provided for the needs of the body and blessed Jeremiah in what was undoubtedly a very difficult time in his life. And that he received daily a piece of bread. So we read this chapter is right before the Babylonian captivity. Start at verse 1. Jeremiah 37, starting at verse 1. And King Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, reigned instead of Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim, whom Nebuchadrezzar, king of Babylon, made king in the land of Judah. But neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land did hearken unto the words of the Lord, which he spake by the prophet Jeremiah. And Zedekiah, the king, sent Jehuchal, the son of Shelemiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Maaseah, the priest, to the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Pray now unto the Lord our God for us. Now Jeremiah came in and went out among the people, for they had not put him into prison. Then Pharaoh's army was come forth out of Egypt. And when the Chaldeans that besieged Jerusalem heard tidings of them, they departed from Jerusalem. Then came the word of the Lord unto the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Thus shall ye say to the king of Judah that sent you unto me to inquire of me, Behold, Pharaoh's army, which is come forth to help you, shall return to Egypt into their own land. And the Chaldeans shall come again and fight against this city and take it and burn it with fire. Thus saith the Lord, Deceive not yourselves, saying, The Chaldeans shall surely depart from us, for they shall not depart. For though ye had smitten the whole army of the Chaldeans that fight against you, and there remained but wounded men among them, yet should they rise up every man in his tent and burn this city with fire. And it came to pass that when the army of the Chaldeans was broken up from Jerusalem for fear of Pharaoh's army, that Jeremiah went forth out of Jerusalem to go into the land of Benjamin, to separate himself thence in the midst of the people. And when he was in the gate of Benjamin, the captain of the ward was there, whose name was Arijah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Hananiah. And he took Jeremiah, the prophet, saying, Thou fallest away to the Chaldeans. Then said Jeremiah, It is false. I fall not away to the Chaldeans. But he hearkened not to him, so Arijah took Jeremiah and brought him to the princes. Wherefore the princes were wroth with Jeremiah and smote him and put him in prison in the house of Jonathan the scribe, for they had made that the prison. And Jeremiah was entered into the dungeon and into the cabins, and Jeremiah had remained there many days. And Zedekiah the king sent and took him out. And the king asked him secretly in his house and said, Is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, There is. For said he, Thou shalt be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon. Moreover, Jeremiah said unto king Zedekiah, What have I offended against thee, or against thy servants, or against this people? that ye put me in prison. Where are now your prophets which prophesied unto you, saying, The king of Babylon shall not come against you, nor against this land? Therefore hear now, I pray thee, O my lord the king, that my supplication, I pray thee, be accepted before thee, 
that thou cause me not to return to the house of Jonathan the scribe, lest I die there. Then Zedekiah the king commanded that they should commit Jeremiah into the court of the prison, and that they should give him daily a piece of bread out of the baker's street until all the bread in the city were spent. Thus Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. So far we read from the Holy Scriptures. And on the basis of this passage and all of Scripture, the teaching of our Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 50, There we read, which is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. That is, be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body, that we may thereby acknowledge thee to be the only fountain of all good, and that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing and therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it alone in thee. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, we go through the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. We recognize that we struggle to pray these petitions, to pray them and mean them. We considered the last, the last petition that we considered, the third petition, where we say, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That we actually ask God for the grace to renounce our own will and without murmuring, to submit to God's. By nature, we all want our own way. And for us to pray that and mean that, that we would be submissive to the will of God, that the fight against our spiritual foes, look to God for the grace to pray that prayer. And now this prayer, this petition, Give us this day our daily bread. Grant us all that we need for the body. Well, we tend to want much more. Much more than simply what we need. We have our eyes on, on much more than that that we would like for ourselves, for our family. Consider what it was like for Jeremiah. Desiring his daily bread, that's what he received. Imagine being in that situation where you look to God for your daily bread and, well, here it is. Really, daily, daily a piece of bread. A prophet who was bringing the word of God faithfully even in the midst of opposition, speaking the truth of the word of God, even when he knew Zedekiah did not want to hear the word that he would bring, he didn't deviate. He brought the word of God. And then he's put in prison, although now the situation was going to be a little bit better as far as the circumstances than it had been before when he was in the house of Jonathan the scribe. He was still in prison in what's referred to as the court of the prison or some kind of place where he was kept in custody in connection with the, uh, uh, with, the, with the palace, thought to have been, but it's certainly a better, uh, a better situation, yet still, that's what he was fed. Daily, 
daily a piece of bread. You think of praying this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, and then here's your daily bread. We think, well, I didn't really mean that. I really wanted much more than that. And we recognize in ourselves that we have a tendency to want a lot more than what we need. And we always see what others have, and we want what they have. We see that others have something better than we do. Very quickly we see that. We see the same thing in our children. We recognize it's our nature, that our children are very quickly looking at one another to see what their brother or sister has, or to see what their friends have, or see what other kids in the neighborhood have. And then they quickly want to make a request. They see what others have. They would like something, they would like the same. And for us really honestly to pray, give us this day our daily bread. We struggle to do that. We look to God for the grace to do that. We don't want, we want the grace to withdraw our trust from creatures. And to place it alone in God. We do recognize that none of these things really can profit us without thy blessing. This is the Lord's Day that speaks about that. Those are very important words that are found in this Lord's Day. None of these things profit us without God's blessing. The unbeliever who may have an abundance is not profited. He doesn't receive God's blessing. To receive God's blessing, as certainly Jeremiah did, and Zedekiah did not, Jeremiah received the blessing of God. In difficult situations, the Lord was with him. He had a piece of bread. He had the Lord. He had the Lord with him. When we have the Lord with us, we have all we, have all we need. And he'll certainly provide. We know he will provide what we need for the body. Until the day comes when he takes us to heavenly glory. And that day he has determined. Until that time he'll give us what we need for the body. And we look to him for that. And we ask for the grace, the grace of contentment. The grace that we may withdraw our trust from creatures and place it alone in God. We look at this Lord's Day under the theme, that theme, daily a piece of bread. We consider, first of all, God blessing our food. We bring up the subject of the blessing in this petition. And how that goes with the fact that when we pray before mealtime, we ask God to bless our food. What does that mean to do that? How would we answer if one of our children would say, why do we always ask God to bless our food? What, what does that mean? Secondly, we look at it from the viewpoint of providing what we need and that we know our Lord will provide what we need Though it may be that we have a time in our life like Jeremiah had that may go on for more than a day or two, that God does provide what we need. And then thirdly, our, we look at it from the viewpoint of trusting in him. That God blesses our food, he provides what we need, we are to trust in him. Daily, a piece of bread. First of all, we look at it from the viewpoint of that blessing. Many people speak about God giving blessings to all human beings. They all have food, he gives them food, he gives them clothing, and so the, the, the rain falls on their crops, just like on the believer's crops, and many view that as that God is blessing them. 
This Lord's Day makes a distinction and says material things themselves, thing, things do not profit us without, without God's blessing. Some receive things, but they do not receive the blessing of God. Only some do. But we take note of how it says here that, that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing. No matter how one may be working, how diligently one may work, even the things that God may give unto them are not going to profit them without God's blessing. And one may wonder, well, what, what is the blessing? When we speak of God's blessing, we're speaking of a word that God speaks. The blessing and the curse are both words that God speaks. God speaks the, the word of his favor. That is his blessing. He speaks the word of his favor. The curse is when God speaks the word of, a word of his wrath. And his favor is shown only towards those that have been chosen to be in Christ. And to them he speaks the word of his favor. Now, you can't see that. You can't see the blessing of God visibly with the eye of the body. But what happens when someone is blessed of God, when, they, when God speaks to them the word of his favor, is that that one is happy and content. In fact, when we read, blessed are the merciful, that term, blessed, in blessed are the merciful, has that idea, are happy. Happy are they. Where the ones who are not blessed are miserable. They're miserable without God. That really is true. Though they may have an abundance, they don't have real happiness. They may talk about pursuing it and spend their lifetime pursuing it. A pursuit of happiness, but they'll never really have it. God is the one who blesses certain people and makes them happy. He makes them happy. Only the ones whom God blesses will have real happiness. You know, we bring that out in a short article in the Belgian Confession that talks about what happened when Adam fell. That it says in Article 17 of the Belgian Confession, which is very short, talks about the fall of man, and it says... Man had thus thrown himself into temporal and spiritual death and made himself wholly miserable. By sin, he separated himself from God. And God was his true life. He made himself wholly miserable. But God was pleased to seek and comfort him. When he trembling fled from his presence, promising him that he would give his son, who should be made of a woman, to bruise the head of the serpent and would make him happy. Would make him happy. We hear the promise of the gospel, and those who by grace believe, we hear that promise of the gospel, we hear the word of God's favor, 
and we are happy. God makes us happy. Whether we have a lot or whether we have a little, there is contentment. Those who are blessed are happy. They're satisfied. Now, God spoke of that in Psalm 132, which we just sang a versification of. We take note of how it speaks of him blessing the food and satisfying the people. Psalm 132, verse 15 says, I will abundantly bless her provision. He'll bless their food. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I'll bless their food. I will, I'll satisfy them. Satisfy them. God blesses our food. Christ took upon himself the curse that was due to us that he might fill us with his blessing and that we might be made happy. The unbeliever is never really happy. He flourishes that he might be destroyed. You know, it's so common to hear people say, oh, you know, look at how much they, how the Lord blesses the wicked and see how much they have. We sing in Psalm 92, when the wicked spring as the grass and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, which they do, we see workers of iniquity that are flourishing. It is that they shall be destroyed forever. They labor, but they labor in vain. Those that love silver, a good verse to remember is that he that loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Somebody who loves material things is not going to be satisfied with them. One who sets their heart on the material things and wants more and more, they're not really going to be satisfied with them, though they have an abundance of them. It's God who makes one happy, and many people reject God. And when they reject God, they'll never be happy apart from God, as we sing to be apart from God is death. Never happy, never content. They never have peace. You consider Zedekiah in the history. What Zedekiah was to do was submit to the king of Babylon. That's what he was told to do. It was a time of a siege. There was after, Jer after Josiah, he was the last king of Judah that was a believer. And after them, there were four more kings, all of which were unbelievers. And Zedekiah, a son of the godly Josiah, his name was Mataniah, but he was, his name was changed to Zedekiah. He was supposed to obey supposed to be submit to the king of Babylon, but he refused. He was supposed to serve the king of Babylon, but he made, he looked to the Egyptians. He looked to the Egyptians for help. And Pharaoh's army came, but then God said, and that's what we read in Jeremiah 37, that although the, the Egyptians came, they were going to leave. And although the Chaldeans left, the Chaldeans were sieging. Jerusalem was under siege. And it was like that until they had no bread. Imagine having enemies around the city, living in a city, and having enemies surrounding you while you slowly have less and less food until you don't have anything left. And that's what, it was, that's what it was like. That's what was happening. 
and he turned, Zedekiah turned to the Egyptians who came, but then God said, they're not, they're going to go back. They're not going to help you. The Babylonians dealt with them for a while. They left for a while. And then they came back. As God had said that they would. And Zedekiah was fearful. The Lord's blessing, rejecting the word of the Lord, he, he was fearful. Fearful of the judgment. Fearful what was going to come upon him. He didn't have peace. He wasn't happy. Jeremiah was blessed. Though he was in prison, and though he was moved from being in custody in one place, to being custody in another place and still just being fed with a minimum. Jeremiah was blessed. He was blessed of God. The Lord was with him. And we see that in the fact that God gave him the strength, the courage to continue to speak what the word of God was. Even though there was opposition, even though he was falsely accused he continued to speak that word of God God will provide for us he will provide for his people and that's what we're praying for in this petition when we ask give us this day give us this day our daily bread when we request that we're looking to God to provide what we need, as opposed to thinking that we can provide it ourselves. Many never look to God. They never really pray this petition. They never come to God for what they need. Many think oh, they can provide what they need for themselves. What do they need to go to God for? They can, they can obtain what they need on their own. We confess that's not true. Everything we need, everything we need comes to us from God and we look to him to provide us with all things necessary for the body. And that's what this petition is a request for. The Greek term that's used in, the, in this petition, give us this day our daily bread, only appears here and in the parallel passage. The two passages where we read of this in Matthew, one in Matthew and one in, in Luke. And it has the idea of, as it's explained in the Heidelberg here, it has the idea of what we need, what is necessary, what's needed for the day. We often look, consider that, you know, the request we, that we read of in the Proverbs, you know, give me food convenient for me, give me neither poverty nor riches. Don't give me poverty. We request that to have what we need, but not to have riches. Food convenient for me. What's appointed allotted for me. Daily food is what we request from God. Grant today what I need today. Well, we have a tendency to want to have our eyes set for a long time ahead. And that we want to be certain that we have plenty for a considerable amount of time. And yet, we actually pray, and this is what this petition means, that we are granted today what we need for today. And to pray that and mean that implies that, that we're content implies that we're content with what the Lord gives us, whatever that may be. In God's providence, Jeremiah had, he had what he needed. As hard as this had to have been, really to receive daily a piece of bread, the term there of a piece of bread was like a disc-shaped loaf of bread. 
It's actually in another place translated a morsel of bread or a piece of bread, some kind of a circular disc kind of loaf of some size he was to receive each day. And it was the bread that was sold at the Baker Street. Apparently the bakers out in the street, people that were bakers would be selling their bread. And from that Baker Street, whatever kind of bread they had left, whatever was being, was being sold there, they were to give him a piece of bread. And that's what he was to receive every, every day. Every day. Like was mentioned, it was, the situation apparently was a little bit better than what it had been before. When he was falsely accused, he was put in the house of Jonathan the scribe. And apparently that situation was worse. Appears that may have been like an underground. He may have been underground, and it was a situation referred to, translated as a dungeon. And obviously the situation was bad, as he said. He asked not to return there lest he die. And then he goes to this other place that's called the court of the prison. It's thought to have been some place that, you know, in connection somehow with the, with the palace, some place where one was kept in custody, where the situation was at least somewhat better. And he stayed there until Jerusalem was taken. So for some time, and earlier he had been in that other place, it says he remained there many days. Jeremiah had remained in that other place many days, and now he was going to remain in this place and get daily that, that food. And yet, if you, in that situation, as he said, how difficult it had to have been that that's all you get. Can you imagine how hard that would be just for a day? You know, sometimes when we have to fast for a little while, say for some lab work or something like that, we may find that even just for a little while, we quickly start thinking about how we want to eat something, but all we can't eat because we've got, we've got to fast for a while. And yet, to have really this little amount of food for that long period of time, however long it was, Yet certainly, uh, Jeremiah, would have been good for Jeremiah to think at such a time, well, as hard as this is, God is giving me my daily bread. He was also protecting him. In the providence of God, he was also being protected as there was opposition to Jeremiah at this time. As difficult as this situation was for the, for the, the people of Judah, Many, instead of turning to God, asking for forgiveness, calling out to him in prayer, looking to God for what they needed, many were becoming angry. And many were against Jeremiah, who was prophesying about how that the king was, you know, that they were to, to, going to be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon. But in the prison there, in God's providence, he was saved. And he was fed. And God gave him what he needed every day. And he received that loaf, that piece of bread, however big it was, whatever kind of bread it was, he received it with God's blessing. God was with him. He had what he needed. God sustained him. He looked to God for his daily bread, and God gave him what he needed. Certainly God will provide for us. We think of Elijah by the brook Cherith. That's another example. Having the ravens bring him food. And God provided for him. There he was, day after day by the brook Cherith, and here he was daily, day after day, in, in custody. Yet God was with him. 
and God was providing for him. Of course, we read that and we think, boy, we can complain about, we can have so much more than that, and yet we can be murmuring and complaining and something's not to our liking and we can have a meal and think, well, this meal somehow was not really to my liking. I really wish it would have been this. I wish we would have had this because I like to put this on this food and we don't have it. And how quickly we will complain when we have so much. So much we have. And yet we see that in ourselves. And we're sorry that we for that and we do ask God to, to forgive us and to grant us the grace to be, be content he provides us the material things we need and we also need him to give us the grace to be content to pray this genuinely we need to learn to be content. And we're familiar with the fact that that's what Paul was said by the grace of God he learned. In whatever state he was in, to be content. And it is in that context that we find that verse that is often quoted, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It's good for us to consider, where, where did Paul say that? I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Some people will set up their own goals as to what they personally want to accomplish in their life and say, I can do all things through Christ. What is the goal? What is it that one's trying to do? What is it that Paul was referring to? He said right before that, I've learned in whatever state I am, there, wherever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's the context. We need the Christ to strengthen us, the, the same Christ who died for us, who took upon himself the curse due to us, that he might fill us with his blessings, that Christ we need to strengthen us that we might learn this. And that when we have an abundance, we don't set our heart upon it. But we view ourselves as stewards and we see how can we make good use of this abundance. And when we suffer need, that God grants us grace, strengthens us to be content even when we're hungry, even if we're hungry for some time, Christ strengthens us. He reminds us of his promise. He speaks to us the word of his favor. He makes us happy even in the midst of such difficult times. We know, we know God is with us. And if God is with us, then we have all we need. All we need. We have fellowship with God. He's he not only died, Christ not only died for us, but Christ dwells in us. And Lord willing, we'll look at that this afternoon. The same Christ who died for us is now dwelling in us by his spirit 
and he is strengthening us in the inner man in the inner man we hear his words and Christ speaks when he, as he speaks to us he works in us by his spirit he works in us faith we withdraw our trust from creatures and we place our trust solely in in God that's what we're asking the grace to do to trust in him which means not worrying talk about God will bless our food God will provide all we need and then we apply that and say cast our burden on the Lord don't worry be anxious for nothing take no thought of what you shall eat what you shall drink what you're going to put on what your children will eat and drink, what they will put on. The fa your Father in heaven knows what you need. Don't worry. Keep going to God in prayer. And now from a practical point of view, that means that as we find, well, we look at ourselves and see, well, I'm worrying again. Well, again, we think of what God has told us and we pray or perhaps we're reading the word and we read of what the Lord tells us to do and as we're reading it we pray for the grace to do what God says or we're reading the word and we read of God's promises and we take a moment to thank him and praise him for what he has done we talk to God throughout the day. What we contend to do is that we keep thinking about whatever is troubling us throughout the day. And we start getting down. We have something on our mind and we think about it all the time. And sometimes we go to bed and we're still thinking about it. And sometimes we're going to bed and we have a hard time not thinking about it. We keep thinking about it all the time. And we recognize what we should do is talk to God. Instead of just going over our inner mind over and over and over and over again, talk to God and keep on talking to God and asking for grace, asking for the work of his spirit within us, strengthen us. We recognize what we need is for him to strengthen us and to work in us to get, my, get our minds on God's promise. Grant us the grace to be content and to trust. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen in the days ahead. But we know God's going to be with us. And we have to keep bringing that to our mind. It's the will of God that we not know the details about the future. And we may fear this or that happening. We don't know. But we do know what God has told us in his word. We look to God, keep looking to God and pray throughout the day, pray. Talking to our Lord. Trusting in him, looking to him for all we need. Not turning away not violating his commandments. Being diligent to work. We pray to God and then we also consider and submit to what God tells us to do. For example, he tells us when to work and when not to. Tells us we're not to be working at the time that we should be gathering together to worship for example on the Lord's day 
I mean, there are certain works of necessity and charity. We're aware of that. Well, we recognize that there are many that put pressure on people to, to work on the Lord's work. And then people will think, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to get paid better if I take this job, but they want me to work on the Lord's day when it's not a work of necessity. Well, we're not going to do that. We are to be diligently working, using the gifts God has given us in his service. And each one of us is to not be lazy. We're familiar with the fact that the scriptures say that he that does not work should not eat. Somebody that's not working in the sense of just being lazy says, well, if he's not going to work, then he shouldn't eat. And we're to be diligent in our work. And we're to delight to work. Delighting to labor in the service of God. And that whatever we do, we're to do that work faithfully. Laboring as to the Lord and not unto men. Whoever our employer may be, we're laboring not as to men, but as to the Lord. And delighting to work. Being at work when we're to be there. And doing what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to do it. Not just when the boss is looking, but to be diligent in that workplace. As those who are serving the Lord, trusting in God, submitting to what he says, diligently working, not gambling as many do, not a gamester as we say in the Lord's Supper form, or not to be gamesters and gambling, but looking to God. Trusting in the Lord for what we need. That we may provide for ourselves, that we may provide for our families, and that we may provide for others who have need. Let him who has stolen steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands that which is good, that he may provide for himself and those who have need. To likewise have something to give to the poor, to give to those who have need. And so we work also with that in mind, so that we work not just by how much I can build up for myself, but that I labor with my mind on the needs of my brothers and sisters. Give us this day our daily bread that we have our mind on our brothers and sisters in the Lord we want them to have what they have in, that they need and we want to be able to have something to be able to give to them and that we keep our we take note of what we have for example in the benevolent fund and that we give and that we give cheerfully and for other causes as well. But right now we're looking at it from the viewpoint of the saints having what's needed, what's needed for the body. We desire that the Lord grant us the grace that we may do this, that we may really pray this prayer. Be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body. And note that it makes reference for the needs of the body, and then it goes on, that we may thereby acknowledge thee to be the only fountain of all good, we desire grace to acknowledge that he is the only fountain of all good. Our care, our work, our diligent work, and even his gifts can't profit us without his blessing. He is the fountain of all good. And we're asking for the grace to confess that 
Acknowledge that. And that we're asking for the grace that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures, not trust in things, but place it only, alone, in our God. We look to him for that grace. And we pray for the needs of the body, trusting, believing, God will provide, though it may be daily a piece of bread, God will provide for his people. He is faithful. He is our Father who loves us, who has shown us his love. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, loves us. He cares for us. He's the good shepherd. May we look to him for all that we need, and may we joyfully labor in his service. Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our God and our Father, grant us the grace, O oh Lord, to pray this petition. We do confess our sins with sorrow. It's so easy for us to place our trust in things. It's so easy for us to complain. Yet thou hast provided, as we look back in the past, thou hast always provided for us. Grant us the grace, O Lord, that we may place our trust solely in thee. Provide us what we need for the body and grant us grace in whatever state we're in to be content. As we read that Paul said that, Lord, we ask that thou would grant us that grace that whatever state we're in, we may be content and that we may honor and magnify thy name. Grant this grace to us. Grant it to our children. Grant this grace unto all thy people. Forgive, O Lord, our sins. Wash us and deliver us from evil. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.